0: This is a Soulfire Production. Yo, everybody, welcome back to another episode of Connor Wanders. It's me, Connor. We got a lot to talk about today. But first, I want to welcome the new Patreon subscribers in the Politically Homeless community. Michael, Jonathan, and Maggie, welcome aboard. The party is better with you in it, and I'm looking forward to see how you contribute to that, that uh, Patreon-only premium content. The topic requests that go in there every week that we use to generate new content that is crowdsourced from the politically homeless Patreon community. Now, if you're interested in getting into that community, all you got to do is hit the link in the show notes of this show and, or, and, or go to patreon.com slash politically homeless. That's where you'll find it. You can join. You can be a part of this. You can be an operative. You can join the deep state to have even more influence on this. Because let's be real, we all criticize the deep state, but we really just want to be a part of the deep state. It's out of pure envy. Just selfishness. That's how we all really live our lives. And the sooner we can admit that, and the sooner you can join the politically homeless community, the better off we will all be. And that's just the reality of the situation. Now, fact-checking has gotten out of control. We know that. It's gotten out of control. And I wish there's there's one area of the internet where fact-checking doesn't exist, but I think it should exist. And that's on dating profiles. And just in the DMs in general. See, our messages aren't private anymore. And we're going to talk about that a little bit on the show, where things are going. But social media direct messages are where most dick pics are shared. And I really wish there was a way. This is really fo- that's a, that's how these fact checkers can contribute to society in an impactful way is by fact checking dick pics. Right? Who who could use that? I'm sure there's people listening out there that are like, yes, please. I need to know if that dong is really as ripe as it seems in the pictures. You don't want false advertising. You don't want you don't want a picture of someone else's dong coming through. We need to fact check dick pics. That's where I think we should invest our time. It's definitely that's that's a better use of resources in the current state of fact-checking on any platform at all. Just a thought, something to think about. I kind of feel like shit today. I'm going to be real with you guys. It's been it's been a struggle to get this thing out, even though I really care deeply about all the things I'm talking about today. There's a lot of stuff. We're going to get into uh, the House Democrats calling for cable providers to now <laughs> limit Fox News and OAN and Newsmax. Some crazy shit there. It's getting wild. They're getting to the point of, of trying to control the infrastructure on which uh, content is delivered. So this has happened really fast. This has been a really uh, a bit of a head spinning situation here as far as how fast this is happening. We're gonna talk a little bit about Texas and what's going on there and some polling uh, surrounding the Trump situation. There's some other stuff going on that I'm that's kind of developing and I'm gonna let it marinate a little bit. But we've got a fun show today. We really do, and I'm excited to be here with all of you. Even though I feel like a just a, just a bag of dog shit, and I don't know why that is. I can't really figure it out. I did eat a, a, a pretty hefty edible last night. Um, just hoping I can get some good sleep, and I did. And maybe I just slept too much. Maybe that's one of those deals. And this isn't news at all. But I'm just wanted. I, I've been alone for the past couple of days, and I just wanted to share that with you. You know, this is this goes both ways. I'm very extroverted, and due to the COVID lockdowns, so I don't get to be around people very much. So this is, this is my social interaction time and hoping that you're enjoying yourself. Make sure that if you dig this show and you may be new to this show, but it's, I just got a bunch of conservative followers on Instagram. So maybe you're one of those people. If you are, thank you for joining. Um, if you love this show, if you dig it, make sure to go over to Apple podcasts and leave a five-star review And some kind words, maybe share the show on social media, you know, we put all the clips on social media, any of those shares, all of that stuff, make sure to tag me if you share the stuff, it it means a lot to me, and I'm really close, and this doesn't matter for my like ego or anything like that, but I'm really close to 10,000 followers on Instagram, really close, and when I get there, I can do swipe ups, and that helps me a lot because I'm in the content business, so anything you could do to help me grow there would be great. And if you you know could help me be a contributor on Rising for the Hill, that would be uh, that would be as great as well. But with all that being said, with all that being said, it's time to jump into the state of things. Let's break it down. Let's get into it. Let's dive in. All of those things are going to happen right now. Let's go. All right, all right, all right, all right. Good stuff happening in the world today. We live it. Uh, you know, I'm really grateful for the Democrats for helping us live in a safer world. Just protecting us. Harm reduction. I believe that everything, the entire government should be focused on only harm reduction. That's it. <laughs> oh, Jesus fucking Christ. Okay, here we go. New York Times has a beautiful piece of of reporting here. House Democrats press cable providers on election fraud claims. Before a hearing set for Wednesday, Democrats on the Energy and Commerce Committee asked cable companies what they did to combat the spread of misinformation. Dangerous misinformation. As if... That's only a right-wing thing. Anyways, Rachel Abrams jumps in here and says, Three months ago, the federal lawmakers grilled Mark Zuckerberg, Facebook's chief executive, and Jack Dorsey, Twitter's chief, about a mis- misinformation about the misinformation that had appeared on their platforms. Now, a congressional committee has scheduled a hearing to focus on the role of companies to provide cable television networks in the spread of falsehood concerning the 2020 election. In advance of the Wednesday of Wednesday's hearing, they called fanning the flames, disinformation, and extremism in the media. That sounds like a really bad movie that goes straight to Netflix. Um, members of the House Energy and Commerce Committee sent a letter on Monday to ask Comcast, AT and T, Spectrum, Dish, Verizon, Cox, and Altice um, about their role in the spread of dangerous misinformation. The committee members also sent a letter to Roku, Amazon, Apple, Google, and Hulu, digital companies that distribute cable programming. The scrutiny of cable providers took on some new urgency after supporters of former President Donald J. Trump, who repeatedly promoted the debunked claim that election the election was rigged uh, and stormed the Capitol on January 6th. To our knowledge, and this is a quote, uh, to our knowledge, the cable satellite, and over-the-top companies that disseminate these media outlets to America American viewers have done nothing in response to the misinformation aired by the outlets. Two Democratic representatives from California, Anna G. Escu and Jerry McNerney, McNerney. (laughs) that's a mouthful, Jerry McMurney, that's how we're going to say it, wrote in the letter which was reviewed by the New York Times. All right. So, this is where they're at. They're trying to um, slow down the spread of what they call disinformation on cable now. So, it's not social media companies. It's not uh, Twitter, Facebook, any of those. It is literally cable where, let's keep in mind, like, who's come to prominence on cable, people like Glenn Beck, uh, and there was a lot of talk about, uh, you know, Obama birther, truther people that were, that was kind of odd and strange, and there's been some stuff out there that's, that's gone on, but... We're looking here at where the trend is going. And I also want to bring up this next article here um, from the New York Times as well that attacks uh, private messaging apps. It says, are private messaging apps the next misinformation hotspot, which talks about uh, Telegram and Signal, these encrypted end-to-end contri- uh, encrypted messaging ser- services that people generally use to talk to prostitutes and drug dealers. Um and they have other functions as well, but that's primarily what they're used for, uh, as a spread of right-wing disinformation. So this is pervasive. It's anything that that is hidden from the government's eye is now um, a hotspot for misinformation. Now, I want to review this letter really quick, and Glenn Greenwald did a great job breaking this down. If you're not a, a subscriber of Glenn Greenwald's on Substack, I highly recommend you go check him out. Uh, but he has this piece that he put together, and he's in very outspoken against this type of censorship. It says, what House Democrats are doing here is far more insidious than what is revealed in the creepy official announcement. Two senior, meter, two senior members of that committee, um, Anna Escu and Representative Jerry McNerney, also, why can I not say that guy's fucking name also sent their own letters to seven of the nation's largest cable providers. We've kind of been through that in case there was any doubt about their true goal, coercing these cable providers to remove all cable networks that feature conservative voices, including Fox, just as their counterparts on the committee want to ban right wing voices from social media. The house Democrats in their letter said explicitly what they are after namely remo- removing, the removal of those conservative outlets by these cable providers. So just a few things to highlight in this letter that was sent. Um, There's seven kind of objectives here or questions that they have. Uh, One is what moral or ethical principles, including those related to journalistic integrity, (laughs) journalistic integrity, what the fuck are you talking about? Uh, Violence, medical information, and public health. Do you apply in deciding which channels you carry or when to take adverse Actions against a channel? Do you require through contacts, co- contracts, or otherwise that these channels carry and abide by content guidelines? If so, please provide a copy of these guidelines. How many of your subscribers tuned into the Fox News, Newsmax, or OANN on UVerse, DirecTV, AT&T uh, for the four weeks preceding the November 3rd elections or the January 6, 2021 attacks on the cable? on the Capitol, excuse me, please specify the number of subscribers that tuned in to each channel. Wow. Okay. Uh, what steps did you take prior to on and following the November 3rd elections and the January 6th attacks to monitor, respond to, Oh wow. To monitor, respond to and reduce the spread of disinformation, including encouraging or an. Incitement of violence by channels your company disseminates to millions of Americans. Please describe each each step that you took and when it was taken. Number five here says, "Have you taken any adverse actions against a channel, including Fox News, Newsmax, or OANN, for using your platform to disseminate disinformation?" Rel- related directly to or indirectly to the November 3rd elections or January 6th Capitol insurrection or COVID-19 misinformation. If yes, please describe each action when it was taken and the parties involved. Oh, Number six, have you ever taken any actions against a channel for using your platform to, to disseminate misinformation? If yes, please describe the action. Number seven, the final one here, are you planning to continue carrying Fox News, Newsmax, and OANN on UVerse Direct DirecTV, AT&T, uh, both now and beyond any contractual renewal dates? If so, why? So they have to, that's a weird thing here. They're putting the burden on these companies to explain why they're going to be carrying these outlets. Now listen, I fucking hate Fox News. And OANN is right-wing propaganda. And Newsmax is right-wing propaganda. I understand that. And those people are all being sued by the Dominion Voting Systems. I think it's called Smartmatic. They're all being sued for millions if not billions of dollars. That's how you handle this. That's how this should be handled is by the parties involved, not with the government getting their grimy fucking hands into content. Okay. I would love to see OANN go under. That'd be funny. I think I would, I would find joy in that. But when you have that and you have situations like this right here, which we covered on the show before with, uh, you know, this goober, Brian Stelter, uh, Stelter, excuse me.
1: It's as predictable as the sunrise. Democrats win elections and then Republicans say they are being silenced. But while some cry cancel culture, let me suggest a different way to think about it. Suggest it, Brian. A harm reduction model. Most people want clean air and blue skies and accurate news and rational views. And then in that healthy environment that looks beautiful, then we can have great fights about taxes and regulation and health care and all the rest. The vast majority of people can agree that disinformation about, let's say, the pandemic is unhealthy. It's harmful. So how can that harm be reduced? Well, big tech platforms say they are removing lies about vaccines and stamping out stop the steal BS and QAnon cult content. Now, do these private companies have too much power? Sure. And many people would say, yes, of course they do. But reducing a liar's reach is not the same as censoring freedom of speech.
0: Okay, that's Brian Stelter there now let's break this down let's talk about this a little bit let's just let's just opine a bit I've been using that word a lot more it's working um so with this situation we've got the infrastructure that information is delivered to the people that infrastructure is there's an attempt to control that with the federal government and it's only directed in one direction I am not a right- winger Right-wingers generally get on my fucking nerves. I understand why people are frustrated with them. But let's not forget that both political parties are science deniers, whether it's biology or climate science. They're both full of shit. And if you give one political party unilateral control over media, that is not a place for progress. I know it may seem like progress if you're a liberal. okay, But that is not an environment to create quality discourse going forward. Because to think that just because someone is the, on the other side of the political spectrum than you means that they are invalid is naive, selfish, and arrogant. And naive naivete and arrogance together are a dangerous, dangerous combination. And if we're breeding that within our society, we are setting ourselves up for massive problems and huge failures in our future. And this is what people are pushing and people are getting behind this. This is a humongous mistake, an incredible mistake. Let the litigation go. If there's a defamation suit or a slander suit against a a, a media company, then let the damaged parties bring that forward and take it to litigation and sue them for billions of dollars if it's held up. But we're, we're, we're circumventing due process or these people are attempting to circumvent due process with their actions. And what good does it do? I don't understand. What good does it do? Right? Because on the left you had people saying there was no voter fraud when there was absolutely voter fraud. That's a weak argument. There was voter fraud. How much was it? Was it enough to sway the election? No one knows. Unlikely, probably not. And people are still holding on to that. That's okay. People believe all kinds of crazy shit. But that's not an excuse to try and and take channels off the air. And this is somebody... do Do you think, if anybody who listens to this show, do you think that I find joy in defending Fox News? I mean, Glenn Beck turned my grandmother into a fucking conspiracy theorist in her final years of life. I despise that human being. Tucker Carlson has some decent points sometimes, but he's also kind of like, "Ah, we're not on the same page. It's like pretend populism, and I can't handle that. I don't like defending these assholes. I also don't like defending, I don't like defending mainstream media at all, but if you're trying to control the infrastructure on which the content is delivered by any means, that is so against the First Amendment, so against the Constitution, and that is only coming from one side right now. Now, if we go back to the 60s and 70s, it was coming from the other side. That's a different time, but that's not where we're at right now. Right now, it is coming from the left. If you want to defend your right to speech, you really only have one outlet, which is the conservatives, the right side of the line. So this is an error on all levels. It's a very strategic error, a very intense strategic error. Because there's many of us who are liberal as fuck, kind of, you know what I mean? Who are like, yo, yo, are y'all crazy? What are you doing here? Why are you wasting your time doing this? Don't you have a stimulus bill to pass? What the fuck are we doing? But it's that what's been beat into people's heads by places like CNN and MSNBC for years now. At least four, if not six, maybe eight. And I have to say that, you know, these companies like OAN and Fox News and Newsmax, like they kinda of reaper they're reaping what they've sown with unsubstantiated claims and playing crybaby all the time. It's annoying. But that's the world we live in. We have to be able to to, to to take our information as we can and do the best we can with it. And if you're only getting incredibly biased information constantly, you have no chance. It limits the freedom of thought and no one does a good job no one there's not there's not one company, maybe Apple is the only company I can think until they took parlor out of their app store but I can't think of any company any social media company any news network who actually does a good job that's on cable but I can't find the grounds to try to for these people to try and push these shitty right-wing propaganda networks Off air. As someone who hates them. But that's where we're at right now. And that's where we're going to continue to hear this a lot. This is is going nowhere. This is going to be a big part of our discourse over the next four years. And it just plays back into Trump's hands. Like, this is the kind of shit, and Democrats have so little ability for self-reflection, this is the type of shit that gets people like Trump elected. And then they cry about it like a bunch of bitches. It's like, you did it. Hillary Clinton is responsible for Trump, more than Trump is even responsible for himself. And she cries about it. He stole the election. You lost, bitch. What are you doing? So in that situation... We have, to, we, have, we have to find a place to, to encourage self reflection and encourage inquisitive thought and curiosity and critical thinking, which have been pushed so far down the value hierarchy of our society that it's almost unrecognizable from what it seems like it once was. And this has been a long time coming in a slow burn, but this is getting really ugly and it's happening fast now. We'll see where it goes. We'll see where it goes. Keep an eye on it. Before we get on to our next topic, which I'm sure will just be thought-provoking and riveting in every way imaginable, I want to tell you about today's show sponsor, Elemental Labs, the creator of my favorite beverage enhancement called Element, L-M-N-T. Now, if you're into like working out, sweating, skiing, backcountry hunting, um, any of that kind of fun stuff where hydration is incredibly important. I mean, in general life, it's very important, but specifically if you like to sweat or you're into fasting or keto or carnivore, electrolytes are incredibly important. And now... You may hear that a lot, electrolytes, electrolytes, Gatorade. You don't need that shit. What you need is a little bit of salt to help you absorb and substantial high-quality electrolytes that make your beverages taste great. Now, there's a bunch of different flavors. They've got a, a great product offering. They've got a chocolate salt flavor that is really good. If you want to get a little something sweet at night, a little sweet salty, if you're into that kind of savory flavor, I very much am. You mix that with a little bit of hot water, maybe a little almond milk. At the end of the day, is going to keep you from craving out and just binge eating uh, donuts or whatever the fuck your, your vice of choice is, which tightens it up. You know, A lot of times, we're, it's COVID, man. We've, we're spending too much time at home. We're letting ourselves go. It's time to tighten up. Curve your cravings get hydrated. It's going to help your your mental ability. It's going to help your immune system. It's going to help you be a better person. And it also supports the show. Now, exclusively for you, for the listeners of Connor wanders, I've got a beautiful offer. Okay. You're going to get eight packets. So that's eight beverages. And all you gotta do is cover shipping. It's a variety pack, so you can get a few different samples in. Um, see what you like, see what you're into, see what you want to invest in. All you got to do is go to slash drink wanders and that will make you eligible for the offer. Now, if you if you just trust me, which you should, because you know I don't fucking lie to you. I wouldn't be doing this. I wouldn't be doing this if I didn't believe in it. Um, you know, if you if you really want to go for it, get that living habanero. The Lemon Habanero is the tits. It is so good. I drink it every morning. I've got a glass right here in my hand right now that had some element in it, and I drank it all before the end of the podcast, and that kind of bummed me out because I really wanted more. <sighs> Get some. Do yourself a favor. It supports the show, and honestly, I love this stuff. I love getting it for free. So if you buy it, then they'll send me some more, and that makes me happy, and, it's it, again, it supports the show. And if you're listening to this ad, you're clearly not in the Patreon. So you got to find a different way to support the show. And this is a great way to do it while also getting something you want and supporting a great business. So check it out DrinkElement, D R I N K L M N T dot com slash Wanders. The link is in the show notes. Get it, enjoy yourself, stay moist. Let's go. As we all know, Texas has been in trouble this last week. Now it's 80 degrees and beautiful there, but it wasn't a week ago. People were dying, people were freezing, uh, pipes were bursting inside of homes and businesses, and there was waterfalls in the middle of living rooms. And there was TikTok dancers going after it in front of those waterfalls to get that clout. It's been an interesting time in Texas, and I feel really bad. It's my home state. I love Texas. Um, you know, Ted Cruz going to Mexico was just, that that whole thing was odd and weird and idiotic but here we are now. And there's this interesting situation in Texas where Texas has has isolated itself as far as its energy grid. And they offer a variety of different ways to pay for um, energy. So you can do it on a variable rate based on market demands, which is a great way to save money sometimes, or you can do it on a fixed rate, um, which is a great way to stay consistent. But with everything gets shut down and your supply drops incredibly low, well then, of course, prices go way up when demand stays high. Simple economics 101. And what happens when the grid goes down is that supply obviously drops dramatically. And things like this right here happen. This is just incredible how this is all shaking out.
2: Officials in Texas are now investigating after several customers received sky high energy bills as a result of that weather crisis. Customers in the state have the option to choose between fixed rates and market rate energy plans that are tied to the price utility companies pay for electricity. Well, when the winter storm wreaked havoc on the state's power grid, power prices shot up and so did bills for customers on market rate plans. My next guest is one of those people and he just received a bill for nearly seven thousand dollars that probably wanted to knock him right off his chair so here to discuss uh, DeAndre Upshaw and what was your rea- that would have been my reaction <laughs> you know fall right off the chair Cheers. what was your reaction when you opened that envelope or saw it. On it was your very shocking. Um, the
1: way that the, the marketplace works is that you get emails that show you how much your account is being recharged. So um, overnight I woke up and I had nine emails saying, "Hey, we just re- we just charged you $100 for each email." Um, and it just kept going mm-hmm. and didn't stop.
2: No. And and did you feel like what am I going to do? I mean, how am I going to pay this? Or did you feel like, "Oh no, there's a problem. Someone's got to address this." <laughs>
1: Well, it's wild. We're in the middle of a pandemic. Uh, Texas is having record-breaking weather. The last thing that I'm thinking about while I'm trying to get, you know, gas and groceries and make sure that my pipes don't explode. Um, the last thing that I'm thinking about is a $7,000 bill from my utility
2: company. And so what did you do? I mean, did you immediately reach out? Uh,
0: That's gl- enough of that. But this guy, <laughs> this guy got a $7,000 bill. I've seen bills in the twelve, thirteen thousand $13,000, $5,000. And he had his a card linked to his account. So it was just automatically deducting it. He ended up changing the card uh, after $2,000. Uh, but this is insane. Insane. That they did not see this coming. And it's really interesting how this whole thing uh, went down. So we saw a lot of like partisan finger pointing uh, back and forth around this whole Texas energy situation. Um, And we have to look at the actual situation here and try and like zoom out and look at what went down. Um, So Texas produces more electricity than any other U.S. state, generating almost twice as much as Florida, the next closest. Uh, Texas is the number one state in crude oil and natural gas. And wind power in Texas is a huge uh, contributor as well, Um, produces about 28% of the U.S. powered uh, wind electricity. Now, when this got knocked offline, Texas winters aren't usually that cold, as everybody knows, and we're reading here from CNN Business. Um, Now, critics, it says, critics of renewables will try to blame wind turbines, but experts know that wind takes up a small share of Texas energy consumption. And they just didn't winterize the stuff like that's at the end of the day. It's the ice Texas. And it says here, the lone star state is all alone. Texas made up a made a conscious decision to isolate its energy grid from the rest of the country. That means that when things are running smoothly, it can't export excess power to neighboring States. And in the current crisis, it can't import power either which is interesting. It's really interesting to look at this. And we're seeing people like Greg Abbott's coming out, Dan Crenshaw's coming out and saying like, Hey, don't pay that bill. We're going to get this thing sorted out. You'll just have to pay what you normally pay per month. Um, No one's going to be price gouged here, but without that intervention stepping in, it's really funny to see these like fair market libertarian leaning (laughs) Republicans being like, Oh, Hey, hey, the the free market fucked you. Like the free market, literally the free market fucked you this time because of a natural disaster. And these companies, um, you know, we'll, we'll see what happens. This could have all been, you know, an algorithm that they couldn't stop uh, and figure out. And now they're going to be in a lot of litigation going forward. But when you look at this whole thing, it's really interesting to see how a really good thing or a well-intentioned thing can go bad on any side of the political spectrum, whether it's, it's, it's laissez faire free market libertarianism, right. Or socialism and social programs on one end, if they're not managed and you don't look at the unintended consequences that are that are potential problems within that system, then you get caught off guard. And that's exactly what happened here. And instead of accepting responsibility, you had a bunch of fucking partisan finger pointing back and forth that, oh, it was the wind turbines freezing or, oh, it was natural gas or, oh, it was Texas, uh, Texas's, you know, 0% uh, state income taxes. That's the problem. Like everybody wanting to think that they have the best solution out of their own fucking narcissism is incredibly frustrating for everybody involved. In the meantime, people are freezing to death. And I saw this all happening and it just pissed me off. And it's being my home state and I have a lot of Texas pride, even though I do prefer Colorado, if I'm being honest. Um, It's so frustrating to see, just so frustrating to see how this is all shaken out and to see people be so petty as from the left and the right, this is this is this is somebody speaking as an independent here, just to just point the finger at everything in hindsight as if they knew this was going to happen. The arrogance there and the pettiness, as I've said, is just so astonishing. And I think going forward, as we look at what happens down the line in future elections, people are gonna need to be held accountable. Right? I, I brought up um, on the premium episode brought up uh, Ben Shapiro uh, turning this into an argument about AOC. So you have a right-wing commentator that is very intelligent turning the Texas crisis into a conversation about AOC who subsequently raised a million dollars for people that were struggling in Texas. That's that's where this went. and That's what we're seeing all over the place. So keep your eye out for that. This deflection of responsibility and this finger pointing um, is petty. And keep that in mind when you look at your elected officials. Where do they side on an issue like that? Because that is a true test of their character and something we can do something about with our votes. Just keep that shit in mind going forward. Well, the... 2024 primaries are about three years away, but we've already got a little bit of preliminary polling here that you might find somewhat surprising, um, but I don't find surprising at all. So new 2024 primary polls show Trump dominating. Donald Trump at 53%, Mike Pence at 12%, Don Jr. at six percent. Jesus Christ. Uh, Nikki Haley at six percent. Mitt Romney at four. Ted Cruz at four. And then a handful of people down below them in the two to one to zero percent um, range. Now this is really interesting because people think that Trump is so out of favor with the Republican Party. But if we keep going and we look at this, uh, this is a Suffolk poll that was done in conjunction with, I believe, ABC. We go down and see the majority believe January 6th storming of the Capitol was Antifa-inspired. A Suffolk uh, University poll of Donald Trump voters shows that former president commands undying loyalty from this segment of the voting population, which could cause significant reverberations in 2022 and 2024. Oh, my God. Okay, so if we go down, these voters... Voters more than identify with Donald Trump, says David Paleogius director of Suffolk University Political Research Center. They feel they were part of him. Many of these voters feel no real connection to government or Washington, D.C., but they still have a very strong connection to Trump. Um, thinking about your political views, which do you feel more loyalty to? And if we look at this chart here, 54% answered Donald Trump, 34% said the Re- Republican Party, and 13% said undecided. Now, if we go down to their polling on storming of the Capitol, nearly six in 10 Trump voters, 58%, said that the January 6th storming of the Capitol was mostly an Antifa-inspired attack that only involved a few Trump supporters. Despite no evidence supporting that claim, another 28% said that a rally of Trump supporters, some of whom attacked the Capitol. Just 4% said it was an attempted coup inspired by Trump. That makes sense because it wasn't. Um, Now we go down here, we're seeing that what we're noticing that if Trump decides to peel off and create a third party, well then, um, the Republicans have no chance to win anything, which to me is a problem. Oh man. So it says here, they're polling on 2024 through, uh, though Trump would be 78 years old in 2024 his supporters are not concerned nearly 6 in 10 said they would like him to run for president in 2024 while 29% did not want to see him run yet 76% said they would vote for him if he sought the republican nomination 85% would vote for him if if he were the gop nominee this kind of political leverage means that trump will not have an impact on the 2020 will not only have an impact on the 2022 midterm elections but his presence as a political candidate in 2024 would block out new GOP presidential candidates. So you kind of get the idea there. And this is a really interesting situation. And what I would hope for, and I've really been hoping for this from the conservatives and from the Republican Party in in general as of late, is for them to move on from the Trump era and bring in somebody who maybe has the benefits of a Donald Trump but doesn't have uh, the Trumpiness, right? The last name isn't Trump. They're not uh, appointed to that position by Trump. But Trump is essentially the Republican kingmaker. And you're going to see that in the 2022 midterms all over the place. All over the place because Trump has all the power. He is the leader of that party. No matter what happened on January 6th, no matter what they're saying on CNN and MSNBC, Trump is still the leader of that party. There is nothing Mitch McConnell can do about it. There's nothing Ted Cruz can do about it. They are beholden to that douchebag. until until the end of his life. And they brought that on themselves. Okay, they're reaping what they've sown here. And I would love to see the Republican Party move forward, develop some new ideas, bring someone to the table that has a chance to run against someone like Kamala Harris in 2024 and do a good job, someone that I could vote for. I would love for the Republicans to present somebody that I could vote for. But if that person is not beholden to Trump or doesn't idolize Trump, then Trump is going to bring the fucking storm on that person. Now, not on Twitter, (laughs) which is going to be actually really nice, I think. Um, but it's going to be hard. It's going to be a hard go of it in 2024. If Trump is not fully behind and does not anoint the candidate, which is holding the Republicans back big time. Because they do have some up-and-comers in there that can do a great job on a national scale. And I would love to see that. But I just don't see it happening as long as they have this affiliation to Trump. And with that political party being so beholden to Trump, it's going to be a hard thing to get out from underneath. And super scary. Really odd. And you would think that all the things that he's done. But the thing about it is, the Democrats keep putting Trump on the defense. And Trump thrives when he's up against the ropes. He's so good on the defense to the point where they let him play victim and they give him a a legitimate excuse as to why he's playing victim. And with that, it only gives him more power. The democratic party has emboldened and empowered Trump for the past five years, even through the 2016 election. They did it and they take zero responsibility. Now Trump also has to take responsibility for himself, which he's not very good at, but I hold the Democratic Party responsible for Trump. And they just keep doing the same thing and it never fucking works. Dude, get a grip, move on, present better ideas and quit attacking us with the fucking orange man bad bullshit because it only helps the guy. The rise of QAnon has to do with the fact that fucking MSNBC and CNN wouldn't quit talking about Russia gate for 3 years even though it was bullshit. Like I hear Russian collusion all the time, every day. Misinformation from left-wing outlets all the time till today. Shit, Jimmy Kimmel said that Russia was behind the GameStop situation. It's it's pathetic. Until Democrats can learn to take fucking responsibility for themselves, they will have no respect from anybody that's not a loyalist of the party. And they've done such a good job. I mean, shit, when I started doing this podcast, I would have even considered myself like loosely a Democrat. And the more I do, the more to the center I move. And yes, I'm disgusted by Republicans, but at least they're consistent. (laughs) And they're given the power that they do have by the inadequacies of the Democratic Party. You know, good ideas are not allowed to thrive. No one's bringing th- up something novel and interesting. No one's challenging conventional structures in a way like liberals used to. It's sad. It's the demise of these, these these two parties, which is great. And I would love if Trump actually created a third party to split it up. And I think you'd honestly have like a, a, a it would almost split the country into thirds, which is at least more productive. How great would it be if we had three or four political parties and almost every presidential election went to a runoff? Or what a novel concept of a, a more dr- democratic system of ranked choice voting. And I hope, I really do hope that Trump splits off into a third party. I really do, because it's going to shake things up. The best thing that that guy's ever done is shake this motherfucker up like a snow globe. <sighs> I know his policies were trash. Don't like the guy. Don't like his personality. Don't like the way he represents himself. But he shakes things up. And I hope he continues to do it. That's the best thing that he's done for this country. So that's what I'm rooting for. Like tear it down in a way where it can be rebuilt. Because otherwise we're going to blow this thing up into something that is incredibly unrecognizable. And now it's time for that part of the show. Where I give you, not answers, Not solutions, but something to think about. Let's get into it. All right, all right, all right. So I've been thinking about something a lot lately. Been crossing my mind. It's been floating around my dome. You know, here in Colorado, we've got a uh, governor who's kind of a bitch. His name's Jared Polis. And he's so beholden to the Democratic Party that I believe he gets in his way of serving his state. I don't think he'll be reelected. And maybe I'll have something to do with that. We'll see. But what I've noticed is people like Gavin Newsom. And even Greg, uh, Greg Abbott, Governor Abbott of uh, Texas right now, under a lot of scrutiny. And they take the party line so often. But they're pretty divided states as far as, I mean, I would say not divided as much as balanced states. Now, California's not. Texas more so is. And Colorado's a purple state. And it got me thinking a little bit, just looking at how they're taking, taking so much heat. How much it influences them to be beholden to their political party. How much it affects them to be a D or an R on the, on, on the ballot. And then I got to thinking about the power that states have to make decisions and how that changes things. We've seen that with Colorado and legalization of marijuana and how that was um, kind of contagious to the rest of the country. We've seen that with the decriminalization of uh, mushrooms and other psychedelics. um, And even in, in, in Washington or Oregon, I don't know, the decriminalization of all drugs is becoming more and more popular, which is a great way, in my opinion, to end this war on drugs and create some substantial reform to keep people out of prison and off the streets. So when I think about this and the power that states have and how it's overlooked, I think that one of the best things we can do as a country, as individual states, as individual people, is start creating a bias towards electing independent governors. Governors that are beholden to their state above their party. And you will not find that with Democrats and Republicans, especially in a nation as divided as ours is now. But independent governors... Governors that run against partnership in service of their states, of their constituencies. That's something that could change this entire nation. If we got together and we committed to electing independent governors that are split on the issues, that maybe are moderate, I don't mean moderate like moderate Democrats and moderate Republicans, I mean independent thinkers. Who look for the best solutions, not the best solution to suit their party. Not people that are hungry to be the president, people that are hungry to serve their states. Not Andrew Cuomo's and Gavin Newsom's, not those cats. People that want to speak up for their people. People that want to lead. People that want to lead by example. Not virtue signal to the left or to the right when it comes to abortion or masks or guns. Making decisions for their state based on what's best and most pragmatic for the people in their state. Independent governors. That's something to think about. Well, it's been fun, y'all. I enjoyed this. I got a lot of brain fog today, so if this show was, if you considered it subpar, Give me another shot of it your first time <laughs> because I am operating at about 60% capacity today. Oh man. Don't lie. I hate when I feel this way. Pisses me off, but I love all you guys join the Patreon. If you want to support the show, it is the best way to support the show. If you don't feel like doing that, just share this shit on social media. Let's get it going. Let's make it happen. You guys are the best. Keep your head on straight and we'll see you next time. Bye-bye.